So, John, I've got two questions for you today. Firstly, have you been a good boy or a bad boy this year? <laughs> I thought we both know I've been a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded so creepy. <laughs> Secondly, what have you written to Santa this year? What have I written to Santa this year? Yeah. Hate mail mostly. And, hate mail. And hate mail and... <laughs> <laughs> hate mail and, uh, yeah, erotic letters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the first one. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me, as always, is John. Hello. Hello. Third Christmas episode? Second Christmas episode? This is our at? second Christmas episode. Accounting's not the best. No, assuming we, we counting's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> not so great with the words either. <laughs> Um, oh. oh, bless you. Um, yes, assuming we release these in order, it'll be our second. We did a one, It's a Wonderful Life last week, mm-hmm. and now we're doing Krampus. Krampus. All right. Well, it was your choice. What is this? It was. <laughs> what is this? Why is this? <laughs> well, I chose this film because I hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. but it seemed like the kind of thing I would like. Mm-hmm. I remember when it was released in cinemas. I just never got around to watching it, unfortunately, but I really wanted to see it because... I love the idea of Krampus because I have kind of a dark sense of humour. So the idea mm-hmm. of an evil troll goblin creature that eats children who are naughty. I'm, I'm in. I'm sold immediately. So mm-hmm. the idea of a black comedy or a murderous Christmas goblin. Would you describe this as a comedy? See, this is the thing. I don't know how you felt about this film. I was a little disappointed by this film. I wasn't sure what this film was trying to be. Yeah, I was, I was a little confused by it all. It wasn't really disappointing. There was one point that was disappointing for me, which I'm sure we'll get to. Okay. But yeah, I wouldn't describe this as a comedy, but I was going through this whole thing thinking, who is this for? Mm, yeah. Because it's way too scary for children. Mm-hmm. Like, it scared me. Yeah. But also, it doesn't really feel grown up enough for grown-ups. Yeah, this is the problem I had. I felt like this film kind of went halfway there. Yeah. I feel like it could have been more at the level of Labyrinth, mm. for example. Where it's like a little bit freaky and just like, this isn't quite okay, but it's still appropriate for kids. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, it was a bit further than that. I feel the opposite. I feel it should have gone further. It should have been darker and blacker and scarier. Mm. I feel like it should have been like a Roald Dahly kind of thing. It needed that kind of vibe. I think if it's going to be a kid's film, or you could just go all out and make it a horror film, in Mm -hmm. which case, sold. Mm -hmm. Either way works for me. Mm -hmm. I think the main problem I had was that if you're going to build a movie around a goblin that presumably kills children, Mm -hmm. like kills, eats... Mm-hmm. kidnaps whatever you have to not like those children mm-hmm. it has to be like the brattiest brattiest you know so you're really rooting for the bad guy in this kind of film yeah i find it really sort of shocking in a way just like the first one to die was the girl mm. and i didn't really see that she was gonna die and then suddenly like oh 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 she's she's gotta be dead then oh right okay it's this kind of film mm. and then it seemed like the whole film was going to be about getting her back and i was like oh, this isn't gonna really and well, it's going to be quite disappointing and sad for everyone involved and not really so fun to watch. And then they just sort of went somewhere else with it. And also that boy made the list of wishes at the start, which I thought was going to be what actually happened to everybody in some horrific way. Like, oh yeah, me and my sister, we're not as close as we used to be. I imagine them like getting crushed or something mm. together. So now they're as close as they ever can be. And See, that'd be really good. That'd yeah, be a good film. That'd yeah. be a right good horror movie. Yeah. Although the bit where he's like, 
oh, I think my cousins, I think that their dad wanted them to be boys. I was like, ooh, this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that, that might scene. Have, that might have been a, a little bit, yeah, a <laughs> bit retrograde. But yeah, um, yeah I think because it was setting up this whole thing where, where the main family seem like relatively nice and wholesome in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the family from hell, like, you know, the sister and the brother-in-law. Which I loved. Yeah, I like, well, I like that as an idea. They were so annoying. But they weren't, I felt like they, they weren't that bad though. Like they were annoying, but they weren't terrible people. I think they were before anything started going wrong and happening. Like at that point when they came in, like with the dog, oh, you don't have a cat, do you? Just swearing all the way and uh, Auntie, what was her name? Oh, Auntie Florence or something? Something like that. Yeah, she was my favourite character. <laughs> she was, you know, yeah. give me a hard drinking, gun toting, foul mouthed old lady and I am... On board. You know, yeah. that, is, that is a character that is, always works for me. Now, she was my favourite character too, but mm. that's kind of sort of by default almost because mm. I was really rooting for Tony Collette to be my favourite character in the standout role of, of mm. this film because well, she's great. But she just wasn't. She, there was one really, really disappointing bit where they'd built it up for ages where she picks up this axe and then she just looks ready to just like murder a lot of monsters <laughs> with an axe. There's a lot of scenes where she's looking so intense, as only she can do, mm-hmm. while holding this massive axe. And it's like, oh God, it's coming. There's going to be a mental scene. It's going to be great. And I've got to an attic and I'm like, oh God, it's coming. And you see bits of monsters around. There's like, oh, any second now. And then she gets taken out straight away. And then her sister is the one who goes on an axe rampage, who's been a nothing character for everything building up to that scene. Yeah. And it, it felt really disappointing. I feel, I don't know why they made that choice for it not to be her just killing all these monsters with an axe. Yeah, it really felt like a waste of Tony Collette. Yeah. And a waste of Adam Scott and a waste of all of the, the more well-known actors in this because, yeah, none of them really did much. It felt like a film that had a lot of studio notes saying you need to make this lighter and more family-friendly. And I think maybe the director yeah. wanted to make a darker film. I think yeah. that might be what went wrong a little bit for me. Mm. I mean, it sounds like you enjoyed it more than me, unusually. I thought this was going to be a slam dunk for me. I was really a bit like, yeah. No, oh, no, I definitely did, but... Yeah, you're right, it didn't quite have that commitment to one thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, it opens, and we've got this great opening scene where um, it's got the some Bing Crosby classic Christmas song, and you've got the montage of them in the mall. Oh, yeah. And it's great. It's the consumerism and the ugliness of, mm-hmm. like, modern Christmas. It's great. Okay, cool. This is going to be that kind of film. It's mm-hmm. going to be... Yeah, it's, it's about awful people getting the comeuppance on board. And then we get to the family home, and as I say, it's Tony Collette and Adam Scott are a married husband and wife, mm-hmm. and they're quite tightly wound, and she's popping pills and everything, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sun's acting out a little bit, but not loads. No, just a bit. A little bit, yeah. But the... I could I could sort of see how they were going for him as, not sort of the main character, but the one that we're sympathising with the most. Yeah, he's like our moral centre. He's yeah. like, we're seeing it through his eyes, definitely. Yeah, because he gets into a fight because somebody disrespects Christmas or something. So that happens, and then, yeah, and then the family from across the side of the tracks come, and they're kind of like, you know, supposed to be like gun-toting, I guess, right-wing, Republican kind of, you know, nightmare people. Mm-hmm. There's like that one scene at the dinner table when they're like antagonising each other and then Tony Collette gets all stressed out. Then the daughter goes off to meet her boyfriend and then, then it kicks off. Mm-hmm. And then the film kind of t- starts properly and she goes missing, as you say. And then it's just everyone's on the same side and it, they should have been more disgusting and more foul. So when the kids start getting picked off one by one, mm-hmm. it's funny. This film never allowed me to enjoy kids being murdered. Yeah. That's what I felt like. Maybe they needed to be older or... Of just the whole thing to be a little bit less real. Yeah, I, I think. think that's it too, yeah. If there were just one or two sort of very camp action scenes, mm. it would have been great. Like if, if Tony Collette just got a line or something like, die you bitch, or just yeah. something like that, <laughs> mm. then that would really bring it back. Totally. 
I feel like there's like a 10 minute portion of this movie mm-hmm. that really was the movie I wanted it to be that really delivers. I think that Tony Collette was great casting for what could have been a great character. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Scott was bad casting. Really? He was great in it and he's great in most things. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that he was the one who could have held this film, could mm-hmm. have brought it back together. Who would you have cast instead then? I'm not sure, but just somebody with just a little bit more comedy to them. Like his thing is just sort of being the normal person while crazy things are happening. Yeah, he's the straight man, isn't he? He's yeah. the one who, like in Parks and Rec, he looks at the camera and is like, can you yeah. believe these guys? Yeah. Whereas I, I think they should have gone somebody who was the opposite. Somebody who was bringing a bit more rather than bringing mm. it back to normal. Yeah. Well, I think maybe he was supposed to contrast with the uncle mm-hmm. who, who was all about, you know, into his guns and his monster trucks and that kind of stuff. Which they did really well. They did, but they could have contrasted them more because I said that character started off being really obnoxious, but then they kind of team up and make friends. And it's yeah. like, about like half an hour into the movie that they've already resolved the differences essentially gone you know what yeah. you're cool I'm like well, you've taken away the whole tension of the film now like that that should have been their opposing worldviews should have informed the whole movie mm-hmm. but instead it was just oh I guess okay I, I don't like you very much but we've got more issues going on than our petty disputes right now so let's just mm-hmm. team up and be pals and then it was just yeah. it just sucked out all a lot of the what could have been really good comic energy and, and would have been a good use of Adam Scott mm-hmm. of him being this very normal this kind of liberal kind of you know intelligent person stuck in this scenario with family members he doesn't particularly like he's not even related mm-hmm. to I think that's supposed to be Tony Collette's sister isn't it mm-hmm. yeah but I did enjoy that sequence when they go up to the attic even though Tony Collette didn't get to do as much as mm-hmm. we like to see her do when they're up in the attic and the uncle's getting attacked by CGI gingerbread men with, with a nail gun like great that's exactly what I wanted from this film yeah yeah there's all those crazy monsters one of the teenage girls literally gets devoured by that clown thing yeah. you see a foot go down and there's blood it's like yes it became the film I wanted it to be because it was mm-hmm. dark and it was twisted and it was funny and it was ridiculous and it was inventive visually so there's about 10 minutes of that happening of them fighting and fighting and then that's when the auntie gets the shotgun out and she goes see you in hell and it's mm-hmm. but then it stopped again yeah, Dorothy finish it with pleasure Basically, to summarise the plot, because I don't know how many of our listeners will have seen this film, they've got the visiting family all staying at Tony Clark Adam Scott's house. There's their son and daughter, mm-hmm. and then there's the uncle and the auntie have twin girls who are dressed... I don't want to say dressed as boys, that's stereotypical. Oh, I'd say but, dressed as boys, I think that's what okay, the film that was, that was the, jo- the joke it was making, yeah. I don't yeah. want to make gender stereotypes, but, but um, yeah, they actually say at one point, our dad wanted boys, not girls, or something. Mm-hmm. And so that's, the whole, that's their characterisation. Mm-hmm. And they've got the son, who's just doesn't really say anything, just eats all the time. And that's yeah. his joke. Well, again, they didn't really go anywhere with that, though. They didn't no, they build, didn't. <laughs> they didn't build up to it at all. Like, he just kind of sits there like this silent little lump. It sh- he should have been like Augustus Gloop. Yeah. He should have been constantly eating. I'm and really like, thinking Augustus Gloop with that guy. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's what they were going for, but it, mm. it, it just didn't really happen. So they've got the, those three, and then they've got a baby, mm-hmm. which I think was a huge mistake. Well, having a baby? Well, having a baby is always a mistake. But <laughs> yeah, having a baby in this you heard film, it here. Having a baby in this film. I wonder why you're not Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm just imagining the card you gave to uh, uh, some friends of ours when they had their first baby. Was it just sort of, whoops? Yeah, it was congratulations. You made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> End of the road. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think it was a mistake having a baby in this movie because that was hard. It reminded me of The Walking Dead with um, the baby, Rick's baby. Who even knows? Judith? Judith, baby Judith, who they introduced... I don't even watch that anymore. No, 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 me neither, I'm over it. But they introduced baby Judith, and then the, now they're just stuck with her. She's not mm-hmm. been a plot point for about four or five seasons. Mm-hmm. Is she still a baby? But that's when The Walking Dead has this uber slow, like... I think Maggie's been pregnant for like four seasons, so I think she's still like a toddler. 
I don't know. But yeah, the point is, you can't make the imminent death of a baby funny. No. I mean, that's really hard. And yeah. yeah, so having the baby just added a level of anxiety for me that was not welcome in this kind of film. No, and the... the... They proved they couldn't do anything by killing a baby by just having a baby get stolen. Yeah, exactly. And that, was and that was it. Yeah, the baby didn't serve any purpose. They could have lifted that baby out and it would have made no difference. Mm. All it did was make it hard to enjoy the scenes of the family being terrorised. It's like, oh, but it's a baby. Mm. Like, I think anything can be funny. I, I can imagine someone could make a film where a baby gets eaten or something and it could be played and made funny, but this didn't do it. I don't know. How, I'm not saying I could make that film. I'm saying, like, you know. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what that film would be. I don't yeah. necessarily want to see that film, but yeah. I want to see the achievement. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, they've got that whole family there, and they're having all these fights, and the little boy who really believes in Christmas still believes in Santa Claus. He gets really upset because the family are arguing and arguing and arguing, and so he writes this letter. That's, or he, just, he destroys the letter to Santa, doesn't he? Because he decides that he doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. Yeah, he rips it up, and in a very Mary Poppins way, gets ripped up, it just floats up into the sky. Yeah. Very obvious for the audience to see that it's something's happening and somebody's going to come. Yeah, big time foreshadowing. Yeah. And this summons, basically there's a huge snowstorm, the rest of the neighbourhood disappears. Uh, yeah, actually, seems to be. The rest of the neighbourhood disappears. Some houses look like they've been broken into. Mm. But and... there's nobody, there's no other characters. Like, they go looking for the daughter and her boyfriend is nowhere to be seen. Like, the house has been destroyed. But yeah, like... we see her get murdered under a car. Yeah. And then... One by one, they all get picked off by different monsters, all within the house from now. From now. Yeah, pretty much. So the, the daughter goes off to, to meet her boyfriend in the snowstorm, gets attacked by the Krampus, and we presume killed. And then, yeah, the rest of the film is them initially looking for her, and then eventually the house gets invaded by just all kinds of... Well, the, the CGI gingerbread man, which mm-hmm. I loved. Mm-hmm. Really, yes. really funny. Did you know, I, I was just looking at IMDb before we started this, they, they actually had character names. Oh, God. What are they called? Like... Itchy, scratchy, and poochy, isn't it? Really close. It's a clumpy, dumpy, and lumpy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Voiced by Seth Green. Oh, no. And Justin Roiland, who does the voices of Rick and Morty. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I I would never have been able to guess that they were voiced by celebrities. All they did was, like, make shrieking noises. Mm. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Mother. But yeah, so then the rest of the film is them kind of fighting back against all these things and the Krampus. Which doesn't... For a film called Krampus... Doesn't have much of Krampus There's in it. very little of the actual Krampus in yeah. it. He's, that, he's in like two scenes. Yeah. Like, I really wanted more of the Krampus. Because right? mm-hmm. that was my reason for wanting to see this film. Because mm-hmm. I love the idea. Because it's an old Austrian folktale. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know much about. All I know is the pictures. Like There are so many hilarious illustrations from like the 18th century and the 17th century of this disgusting, long-tongued, horned, cloven-footed devil beast literally just picking children up and putting them into his sack and they're screaming and he's eating them. And it's so dark and so kind of classically, you know, Germanic European, like mm-hmm. in that kind of grim fairy tale kind of way, yeah. which really appeals to me. But yeah, he he was barely in it. It was a little bit dis- I mean, I enjoyed the gingerbread man. I enjoyed mm-hmm. all of those crazy creatures that they had. But yeah, it was it was a strange... Okay, now, before we go into drinking games, mm-hmm. can we talk about this old lady? Uh, oh, the grandma, you mean? Yeah. Not not the gun-toting aunt, the, actually, the, the old German-speaking sp- grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So, she speaks German, mm-hmm. almost exclusively, <laughs> even though her grandson speaks just plain English, mm-hmm. or Amer- American English, and they both just ha- can have perfect conversations. Like, there was even a point where she said something, and then... They, well, obviously, I saw the subtitles, and then the boy said, "Oh wait, do you actually mean more like this?" Mm-hmm. But not in a way of like I misunderstood the language. Just like you didn't say that right. You, yeah, it, it, in in a way that like 
they both clearly know what each other are saying very, very well. And they can both clearly speak each other's languages. So why still speaking two languages? And then it just finally gets to that one scene of she speaks English. And then somebody goes, oh, I knew it. I knew she spoke English. Just like, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we all know she spoke English. Yeah. But I was kind of on his side. I was like, well, why weren't you speaking English from the fir- in the first place? Or, yeah. you know, if, if she was speaking German to teach her grandson German, then surely he would be speaking German back. Yeah. Also, it's that classic thing when you've got a fully Austrian grandma and her children and grandchildren could not be more all American. There's no, like, that accent hasn't trickled down. No, like, they're so. all just, like, so American. Mm. But, she, yeah, she just refuses to speak any English. Mm. And, yeah, it's, they didn't make enough of a joke of it. Like, that, that's, yeah. that could have been a funny bit where it's, like, speaking English grandma, but it wasn't. It was just, like, she just happened to choose to answer everything in German and people would answer it back in English as if she was speaking English and it was never really acknowledged. Like, what did you think of the story she told? Oh, that was good. Well, I liked how it suddenly became Coraline. Yeah, I was thinking, like, it's very sort of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that was um, probably the only like, part of the film that legitimately scared me. It was, it was either that or it felt a little bit sort of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, mm. um, which I know you're not the biggest fan of, but they have a big sort of cartoon bit in the middle. Do they? I have seen it, but not for years. Is it stop motion or is it cartoon? It's a cartoon. It's not stop motion, but it's very stylized. It was quite similar to this. Okay. Well, like everybody's just silhouettes mm. and stuff. I mean, it's really good. One of the best bits of that film. Mm. No, I think that was the best bit of this film. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I thought it was creative, it was creepy, it was it was what I wanted this film to be in many ways. How much better would this film have been if it was all stop motion? Yeah, I think lots, because I think you could probably accept a lot more from stop motion. Mm. Like, again, I think having the human kids, because they were a little bit too young for me to be like, oh, I hope you die, mm-hmm. especially the baby. Yeah, I think having stop motion, you could have got away with more, I think. And yeah. it would have been really, that would have been really interesting, yeah. Something like, t- Tim Burton should have directed this, I think. Yeah. Would have been great. I knew St. Nicholas was not coming this year. Instead, it was a much darker, more ancient spirit. The shadow of St. Nicholas. It was Krampus. I also feel like this film suffered a little bit from the horror movie trope. Mm-hmm. where nobody in this movie has ever watched a horror movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, let's all go off by ourselves and do our own adventures. There was a lot of splitting up into groups in a very small, compact space where it was not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan? Davey? Where are they? Where'd they go? They were just here. I think they went to the bathroom. And you just let them go? Was there another option? Uh, drinking games? Sure, yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So, first one I've got. Drink whenever there's something inappropriate said in front of children. Yeah, I really enjoyed the auntie topping up their eggnog with exactly booze. That was that. great. Like, yes. yeah. You know what I think they should have done? Mm-hmm. I think they should have combined the grandma and the auntie into one character. Hmm, interesting. I, no, I, I disagree. I think I'd have liked to see just those two get screen time. Okay, yeah. Just that those two have a scene together. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, they don't really have any conversations, do they? No, they don't. No. Other than, oh, I knew she spoke English. Yeah. That's, yeah. that, that's it true true yeah actually that would have been better because yeah they're, actually they're two different because the grandma's all about the ancient Austrian law mm. and the, the auntie is very much just you know American well I feel like the families were there quite a lot sort of mirror each other mm. yeah actually that's a good point I guess to an extent they all kind of both have... in very American ways yeah totally yeah can't we make him go away Kinder that's that's just what's she saying I'm not sure. She says we're fucked. 
Drink when somebody barely reacts to the apparent death of an immediate relative. <laughs> Slash child. Slash child, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the other thing, because this film was kind of played a little bit too straight. It was like whenever a child did disappear or get killed, mm-hmm. it felt like they weren't reacting enough. The daughter who gets eaten, mm-hmm. and you literally see a foot go down, yeah. and they go, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, yeah. You've literally just watched the death of your daughter. You'll be catatonic. <laughs> and then the same woman, when her baby gets stolen, she's like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Oh my God, the baby. And some goblin grabs the baby and runs off. And she kind of forgets about it within minutes. It's like, it's really weird. It, again, it made it really tonally awkward. Well, I used to my next drinking game, which drink whenever the baby gets ignored. Yeah, exactly. So many times that baby was just crying, just sitting on the floor by itself, rolling around by the fire, <laughs> by the unguarded fire. Oh God, yeah, that stressed me out. <laughs> um, and yeah, nothing. Nobody ever seemed to care for that baby mm. until the baby was gone. Yeah. That's another thing. It's having a parent-child relationship in these kind of films is difficult. You have to make them really grotesque. I, I keep going back to Willy Wonka because that's the best example I can think of mm-hmm. of having children who meet terrible fates. Like Augustus Gloop gets stuck in the chocolate yeah. thing and Veruca Salt gets thrown into the incinerator. Would you and... watch a horror movie remake of Charlie and Chocolate Factory? Well, I'd argue it kind of is a horror movie in a way. But yeah, but like one that's actually played for, for fear. For pure terror. I could, mm. It could very easily be done, yeah. Mm. And I'd, I'd think it might work, yeah. To be fair, a lot of Roald Dahl stuff could. Yeah, exactly. Look at The Witches. This yeah. one reminded me a lot of The Witches as well because of the grandma. Yeah. It was definite. <laughs> she was the same character. It was basically the same character, yeah. but not as, not as kick-ass. But mm. well, yeah, so you need to make them that grotesque so you don't feel any sympathy for them. And mm-hmm. because this film didn't do that, it was awkward watching the children die in front of their parents mm-hmm. and having the parents reacting but not reacting quite strongly enough. Drink whenever Adam Scott does the paces of Adam Scott. This is ridiculous. <laughs> he does get a few good ones. And again, there's a few bits in that that I, I where I actually enjoyed him. If you're going to cast Adam Scott, you want him to be Adam Scott. So mm. There's the bit by the Hummer where he says to the uncle, wait, you brought guns to Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not a pro-gun person. But again, that sets up this kind of dispute between that family. He's very pro-gun. And I'm guessing Adam Scott and his family are not pro-gun. Because mm-hmm. so it sets up this immediate tension. And yet the guns kind of save the day. Well, they don't save the day, but they the guns are the only useful thing anyone has to bring to the so, table. Yes, but this is hardly sort of pro-guns. Oh, no. Really. No, I'm <laughs> not like, saying this is a pro-gun If you get invaded by evil Santa and mm. his um, army of toy monsters, then yeah, guns are great. Yeah, absolutely. To be fair, they all lost anyway. <laughs> they did. It didn't, it didn't help them in the end. <laughs> this film did not have a happy ending. No, it did not. we got to find Ben. You packed guns on Christmas. Always be prepared, Boy Scout. It's kind of heavy. Yeah. It's Linda's. What did you make of the ending? It was a bit, I don't know, just sort of didn't really close properly, Mm. I felt. It felt like it just kind of stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, and this is the thing with the, the weird choice to make the characters too sympathetic in some ways, because... The last two characters alive are the little boy, who's our hero, I guess, fine, mm-hmm. 
and also one of the twin girls who mm-hmm. feels like such a nothing character. Yeah. And at the end, it's like, oh no, not you too, Shelley. But it's like she's, he's already lost his mum, his dad, his actual sister, a baby, mm-hmm. and you know other cousins as well. Like mm-hmm. it, it was like, oh, she's still around. Okay, it felt very random. Should should have made her his twin sister. Yeah. And then it's just one, one cousin. Yeah, it should have been like the sister lasted till the end, and one of the cousins went to meet a guy. Mm. Because, yeah, it felt like the sister was one of the few sympathetic characters. She seemed nice enough. Yeah. And getting rid of her early on, just, yeah, it kind of didn't make much sense. Because I didn't sense that there were no scenes in which he bonded with that one cousin over the other one. Mm-hmm. It was just that, oh, I guess we killed everyone else off, but this one's still around. So I guess she's the last person he sees. And mm-hmm. yeah, they escape from the house. A lot of them get taken out in the house. And then it's Adam Scott and Tony Claire get dragged under the snow very quickly, mm-hmm. as does the auntie. Mm-hmm. The other characters have already gone at that point, I think. So then the two of them are in the car, and then the cousin gets snatched. And they're standing over like a, the mouth of hell something like that and then yeah. they throw the cousin into, into the hell pit and then he apologises he says I'm sorry I ruined Christmas I just wanted everyone to be happy mm-hmm. and then he gets thrown into hell as well mm-hmm. and then he wakes up and it's all a bad dream and he goes downstairs and it's all a bit weird and slightly soft focusy and everyone's mm-hmm. a little bit too happy and then they see the bauble with Krampus written on it and then they all look it, it's like they're remembering suddenly yeah it all then, clicks yeah and then it pans out and they're trapped in a snow globe yeah Felt very quickly written. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh god, how do we finish this? Uh, okay. Yeah, I agree because I, I like the idea of that than being trapped in a snow globe. That's kind of quite dark and creepy. But mm. yeah, it didn't really earn it. I don't think. Yeah. Were we supposed to take from that as well that they'd been in that snow globe the whole time? No. Because the only reason I was thinking about that was that the whole point was that they couldn't get out of the snow storm mm-hmm. and they couldn't find anyone else. Like it, it was just them. So it felt like the whole film did take place in a bit of a bubble. So that was why, that was why I thought maybe. That's what you mean there, but no, I don't think that was the case. Okay. You think that they were cast into hell and then they were just trapped in the snow globe forever and that yeah. was like, okay. I'm sorry. I just wanted Christmas to be like it used to be. Should we get some sequels? Yeah, sure. You first, me first? Uh, I think it's you first. It's... All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to give you the title just yet. Okay. Okay, so it picks up immediately after the first film. Oh, so it's a direct sequel? Direct sequel. Same cast? Same cast. Okay. Which just rules out a lot of work I've got to do. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, the whole family, they've realised from the snow globe. That's what that realising they had. They remembered all this and they look out and they see that the landscape doesn't quite look as it is. They go and explore the garden and they're in this big glass dome. Similar to the Simpsons movie sort of thing. Oh, I'm thinking that. So they do actually get to the end of the glass and so they realise, oh, we're trapped. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and they can feel the glass. It's not just like there's a snowstorm. Okay, like yeah. it, like it. Cool. Luckily, though, the Hummer is still parked in the driveway. So first thing the adults do is they just get the guns from the Hummer. They get the guns from the Hummer. Yeah, so okay. they've got some weapons. Cool. Which is lucky that that's there somehow. Mm-hmm. While the adults are all doing this, the kids start thinking about getting out as well. And luckily the boy, what was his name? Do you remember? Oh, I can't remember. None of these characters have had memorable names. Let me look it up. Um, Max. They're always called Max. Max. They're, they're always called Max in name. these films, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Max, it turns out, actually has um, a bit of an obsession with snow globes. He has a collection. Okay. So he knows all about them. How much is this to know? <laughs> Well, all there is to know is okay. that every snow globe has a hatch so that they can actually put the water in. Oh, okay. Meaning, well, there must be a hatch. Oh, okay. Also, there's an escape route. Okay. Mm. Good point. So they, they have a look around and they find it in the wall of the basement. Okay. 
Makes sense. Yeah. They open it and they look around and they see this giant world. Oh, so they're like the borrowers, they're tiny. Yeah, let's say so. Okay. See how this goes. <laughs> yeah, there's snow globes everywhere. It's a massive cave and it's quite, quite intimidating. They all have a bit of a freak out and they mm. run back upstairs. The adults come in. Is this the entire family? So it's the, it's the family and the cousins and the aunties and the uncles and the yeah, grandma. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's still around. Everyone's there. Even, okay. even the dog. Okay. Stupid dog. Did that dog get eaten? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. So they all sit down and they, well, have their Christmas dinner like normal. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. the world may have changed completely, but, you know, dinner's still got to happen. <laughs> so they sit down and over dinner they all discuss what the plan is. Right. And... A very civilised plan over Christmas dinner. <laughs> So yeah. what should we do about this fact that we're trapped in a giant snow globe by a hellish baby-eating demon? More, more stuffing, dear? <laughs> Meantime, I'd like to see Adam Scott going like, why is nobody else panicking? Sort yeah. of thing. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like so well, they decide that the adults are going to go out, they're going to exit through the basement and go and explore, and they're going to go and find Krampus, and using the, using the shotgun as leverage, they're going to say, look, take us back. So that's their plan. Okay, they're going to hold up a tiny shotgun to this giant demon and say, if you don't take us back, we're going to shoot you with this teeny tiny gun, which will probably be like a little pellet. How do you know these aren't giant snow globes? Oh, I guess you don't really see them in perspective to the snow globe, do you? Yeah, I guess yeah. I just assumed that they'll be tiny. For the sake of my plot, let's, let's go this way. <laughs> okay, sure, fine. So they're roughly Krampus-sized. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'll go with it. Now, obviously these kids being who they are, well, they don't really want to just be left alone with Granny. No. They want to actually go and do something else of their own accord. Mm-hmm. So they leave Granny to look after the baby. Okay. Which, finally, somebody's looking after the baby. Yeah. Good. <laughs> the baby, pro- which was probably forgotten at Christmas dinner. Yeah. To be fair, they forgot that baby in scene one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kid is going to grow up with some real deep-rooted abandonment issues. Though. Oh, God, yeah. Six hours, I mean, come on. Uh, sorry, wasn't there another... Child. Chrissy! Darn it! Jordan, I told you to bring her inside! Not my kid. Come on, girls. Tommy, help me get the baby and the yeah. rest of the girl crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mind? Thank Truck. you. I... All right. Yeah, so now we're split into two groups. Okay. So let's go with the adults for now. The adults, they start their adventure by working out where Krampus is, which means that on their way, they encounter many, many different toy monsters. Okay. So what kind of toy monsters can you think of? Oh, so similar to the toy monsters we see in this film, there's like yeah. a, there's the, the jack-in-the-box... Mm-hmm. There's the strange bird doll thing. Yeah, there was so a, an evil doll. There was an evil teddy bear with an like evil teddy teeth. bear, the gingerbread man. Okay. What else do you get for Christmas? Well, I guess they're like <gasps> classical Lego blocks. Lego blo- evil. Le- how would Lego be evil? Just build walls like to be really inconvenient. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't God go that way. Yeah, just, they just keep throwing themselves under your feet so you stand oh, on individual God. parts. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the no. horror. <laughs> Yeah, maybe some like modern toys because they were all like classical toys. Because I think that would be quite funny, like in a Shrek kind of way. So I don't know what are kids playing with these days. Maybe there could be like some evil video game characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like an that. evil Mario. Mm-hmm. What like Wario? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called those girls from Frozen? Anna and Elsa. Evil Anna and evil Elsa from yeah, Frozen. Yeah, sure, like, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I feel like evil Olaf could be a bit more. Evil Olaf could be good. Yeah, a bit more interesting. Were the snowmen the biggest disappointments in this film? Oh my god, yeah. I thought that was going to really pay off. He keeps looking at the window and it seems like the snowman's getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Then it just never happens. It just never turns up. Oh, I forgot about that. That was a real letdown for me. I was like, oh, we're going to get some evil snowman action. Great. Mm. And it was creepy and it, nothing happened with it. Nothing at all. Okay, so of course, we've got some evil dolls slash toys. Yeah. Terrorising them. 
while this is happening, the uncle um, who, well, let's just assume that he's good at tracking stuff and living in a world. I mean, we kind of established that a little bit in the first film. Yeah, he seems outdoorsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he started finding this evidence that there have been other people who have been exploring outside the snow globes. Well, like footprints and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that, and a few items. You find okay. several matches, you find some pieces of paper with crayon scribbles on them, and like some 80s memorabilia, that sort of thing. Okay. And in the meantime, the kids first decide to go and check out the other snow globes, okay. rather than hang about just in the house. Oh, of course, because they're in a room full of snow globes, so there could be a tra- family trapped in every single one of them. Exactly, yeah. Oh, cool, okay, I like so that So they're going to go and find some other people. So first thing they want to do is, well, Beth convinces them, that's their sister, okay. Beth convinces them, let's go and find my boyfriend. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. So... They start going from snow globe to snow globe, trying to find her boyfriend and telling people what's going on because not everybody's realised, mm-hmm. I guess, that Christmas Day is happening inside snow globes rather than in their normal village or whatever oh, it is. Oh, so it's going to be like a revolution of all these families who've had bad Christmases. They're just going to be... Yeah. Are they going to form an army from all the snow globes? Well, I guess. Okay. like it. And eventually they find her boyfriend and he decides that, yeah, he's going to stick with Beth, but his family decide to stay behind and... Be safe in their snow globe. Stay build, in the snow globe. Build sure. some defences and stuff. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they don't believe him. Or they don't believe... Be, be, much better. Much maybe better. they don't believe her, but he does. It's that like, makes I, more I believe sense. You. Yeah, so. yeah. Even though they keep saying, look, just go to the edge of your garden. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. It's just a heavy frost. It's formed a dome. <laughs> we'll be fine. It'll melt in a few days. <laughs> as soon as they exit from her boyfriend's house, uh, they get ambushed by some evil gingerbread men. Okay. Which splits their group into two. So... Beth and her boyfriend go off in one direction while the other four kids go off in a completely separate direction. So this is Max, the main kid, mm-hmm. the fat kid whose name I don't think ever gets spoken, no. and the two lesbian sisters. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I find it weird you'll describe them as lesbians when they're like 12. Sorry, uh, the, the the two... Um, the two sisters. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way out of that hole. No. Oh, come on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, girls. Come on in. Don't you look cute in your matching jackets? They're just a little cranky because the Steelers lost, so... Uh, Jordan, Stevie, why don't you tell your Aunt Sarah about your Presidential Fitness Award, huh? It's a good story. So we're now in three separate groups. Okay. We've got the children, we've got the teenagers, and we've got the adults. Oh, cool. Almost like three separate movies. Exactly. Well, kind of. And so now we're in three concurrent scenes all happening at the same time. We see them bump into these other groups of people. Okay. I thought you'd have got it by now, but uh, these three other groups of people are the cast of Stranger Things. Oh! I'm not as, I'm not, I'm not as quick as you, obviously. You always get that. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. So, as... title of this movie is Krampus 2, Escape from the Upside Down. Escape from... It is kind of like the Upside Down. That's good. Is that the end of it, then? No. Oh, okay, great. Okay, so the adults are going to run into like Winona Ryder and David Harbour. Mm-hmm. And the, so, yeah, the teenagers, I guess, are going to run into the teenagers and, strangers and the kids. Again. I like it. I like it a lot. That's good. Yeah. How great would a Stranger Things Christmas special be? I was thinking where that. They just I was all thinking end up that. I was going to call it... Fighting the Krampus. I was going to yeah. call it the Stranger Things Christmas special, but yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like they should be done with the under, upside down, the, the Demogorgons now. I feel like they, they could get away with repeating it once. Now they should just be kids having adventures. Mm. Yeah. Like it. Okay, yeah. on board. Continue. So now, these three groups... So in the first film, of course, of Krampus, it was very much the normal family mirrored with the very abnormal American family or just very in-your-face American family. Sure. But they very, they settled their differences. Mm-hmm. So to mirror it this time, the Stranger Things lot. Mm-hmm. So there's still kind of two sort of sides to everything where the Krampus lot are just being ridiculous about everything and the Stranger Things lot are being very sensible. Okay. And, you know, they always know what's what's going on. Have the Stranger Things kids figured out what's going on then? 
Or do they think they're in the upside down? Or Oh, yeah, they, they all know they're in the upside down. Oh, so they are in the upside down? Yes, this is the upside down. Okay. So does that mean the Krampus is a demogorgon? Yeah, sure. Okay. Or another monster. Another monster. Oh, that makes more sense. Cool. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. Is Barb around? <laughs> Barb's dead, John. Oh. Move on. Move on. So when this all happens and they meet everybody, they decide they're going to all go back home and just meet up with everybody and share all the information they've got, which for me was the best moment of Stranger Things. When everybody comes together, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we know this. Oh, we know this. Oh, we know this. Oh, great. Now we all know what to do. Uh, <laughs> so they do that. And at home, obviously, Granny's there. Uh-huh. And she pitches in and suddenly reveals more information, which she knows, but inexplicably just didn't say earlier. Okay. Typical like Granny. very yeah. in character for her. There's not really a Granny figure in Stranger Things, is there? No, That's the one not. thing it's lacking. It's lacking like an old person who knows everything, right? Mm. So she tells them where Krampus actually lives in mm. this world. Okay. Somehow she knows. Who knows where? The Stranger Thing lot share that Krampus is absolutely terrified of fire. Oh, okay. To which the kids say, well, we found this flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> is Eleven with them, or is it just the kid kids? I haven't really got a part for Eleven in this. Okay. So, yeah, maybe not. Maybe she's off, I don't know, robbing banks or whatever. She's, she's off in New York having a, a goth makeover and... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but, uh, Tony Collette instantly takes this flamethrower off the kids. It's like, you cannot have that. <laughs> oh, Tony Collette and Winona Ryder together at last. Mm-hmm. I like this. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So they all go marching as one massive angry mob mm-hmm. all the way to where Krampus hangs out. The kids cause distractions to try and confuse everybody with different creative things that I imagine the Stranger Things kids got good ideas about that sort of thing. Sure, yeah. While all the adults start fighting all the monster toys which are protecting Krampus's lair, his cave, let's say. Yeah, sure. After much battling, eventually Adam Scott, Tony Collette, Winona Ryder, and David Harbour, they all make it through into Krampus's cave. Okay. He's sitting there just by himself, just looking a little bit scared and lonely <laughs> and whatever. What's that? You say he's sitting? Is he like in a rocking chair? Is this like, what, what, what does Krampus's downtime look like? <laughs> I think a rocking chair sounds better. I like that he's like doing his accounts or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, doing his accounts. Watching Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, everybody's completely worn out, and Winona Ryder somehow has the flamethrower now. She's just holding, just like, you're gonna take us home right now, or I will kill every motherfucker in this place. <laughs> Not the gingerbread man, because she should be holding a flamethrower against the gingerbread kids' heads or something. Maybe she burns them yeah. right in front of him, mm. and they're like. Take us home now. Because they did fear fire, because that was the whole thing, where they get they get yeah, burned, exactly. don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah Krampus agrees, raises his arms. He has no other option at this point. Yeah. Raises his arms. The ceiling opens, revealing a massive white light. Everybody starts rising up slowly, leaving behind Krampus and all the other monsters. Mm-hmm. They'll rise up and they, they go back home. They wake up in the morning. It's Christmas Day again. Mm-hmm. And they come downstairs. This time, everybody remembers everything. Yeah. Like, wait, is this real? Somebody goes out and goes to look if they're in a snow globe or not. They're not. There's no hatch in the basement. Everything's back to normal. Christmas again. Stranger Things lot, they're gone. Okay, so they're back else. in their own town. Adam yeah. Scott says, finally, we can get on with Christmas now. Back to our normal lives. <laughs> First time Nicolette says, no. Nah. Next Christmas, I'm going to wish him back so I can torture and burn that mother. F- <laughs> cool, so Tony Collette's discovered her dark side. Like mm. it. Cool, I, know. I think that's really good. I can definitely see watching that. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine you watching that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you gave Tony Collette more to do, brought Winona Ryder in. Yeah, just I felt like more of what I wanted this film to be, more silliness and yeah. more flamethrowers. And mm-hmm. yeah, 
I remember there wasn't really a lot for the auntie to do, given that she was the best character, but... Best character that, in the first one, I don't know. True, really yeah, maybe, yeah, I guess, it, I guess she's the best by default, so if you actually raise the other characters mm. up to being decent, then she's kind of just okay, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your idea? Okay, so, as I mentioned earlier, I only really know the idea of Krampus. I don't really know what his backstory is or what the, the kind of lore behind it was. So this film made me think a lot about that. What purpose does Krampus serve? Because it, it sounds like, based on this film... So Krampus is a demon who torments families or punishes families that have lost their Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that Krampus is aligned with Santa Claus? Are they like on the same team? I feel like they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, they're, they're on the same team, but he's such as what God and the devil do. If you've been yeah. good, you go to heaven. If you've been bad, you go to hell. Yeah. I feel like it's the same as that. Yeah, I guess that, that's the thing I was thinking of. So it's like... He's punishing kids for not being good. So in a way, he's serving good, even though he's bad. So yeah, I just imagine, like, what is... What's the relationship between him and Santa Claus? Like, do they have meetings? Do they swap notes? Naughty kids, nice kids, you know? <laughs> I don't know. So I started thinking about that. And then it reminded me of one of my favourite childhood Christmas films. Have you ever seen the film The Santa Claus? No. With Tim Allen? No. Where he, do you know the one I mean? Yeah I, yeah, I think I've seen the trailer for it on a... Recorded VHS. Oh, no, no. Yeah. That trailer was on every Disney VHS ever made between the years of 1994 and 1998. So yes, <laughs> really? <yeah. laughs> I, the same. That trailer was on every film I ever owned on VHS. Dad, I heard a clatter. Somebody's on the roof. Maybe it's Santa. Not now, Charlie. This Christmas, Scott Calvin's getting into the spirit the only way he can. Hey, you! Oh, 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 oh! Whoa! By accident. If something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. He's Santa. You killed him. Did not. The plot of the Santa Claus is he's a normal guy. Mm-hmm. He's like a divorced dad, and he. It's actually quite a dark setup when you think it's it, like it's a total kids movie. It's Disney, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, it's kind of dark. So what happens is he's looking after his son for the night for Christmas Eve. His son's staying with him because I say he's divorced. So it's like mm-hmm. shared parenting. And, yeah, Santa Claus lands on the roof and he accidentally kills Santa Claus. Like, he, he not, he, some, I can't remember exactly what happens, but it ends with Santa Claus falling off the roof and dying, really. Mm-hmm. So then he puts on the, the outfit. He finds a note saying, if anything should happen to me, put on the suit, the reindeer will know what to do. I think that's the line for the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he puts on the suit and then he delivers all the presents and does Santa's job for him, basically. And, and then he goes back to his regular life and just thinks, oh, that was a weird night. But then he starts, like, transforming into Santa Claus. Like, overnight, he, he like, grows a giant belly, like, mm-hmm. Santa Claus belly. He gets a giant white bushy beard and stuff. And then he's visited by the elves who are saying, look, whenever a Santa Claus dies, a new one must take his place and it's you. And that's kind of the plot of the film. It's him kind mm-hmm. of fighting against the fact that he now has to be Santa Claus. He's got, like, 11 months to figure it out until the next Christmas. And yes, and, that, and that's the film. It's him coming to terms with the fact that, oh, okay, I, I yeah. have to be Santa Claus. It's a really funny film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a great kid's film. So I started thinking, well, what if the same was true for Krampus? One Krampus dies, another one has to take its place. Yeah. All right. So my sequel is called Krampus 2, The Satan Clause. Okay. <laughs> it wrote itself. And yeah, it's, maybe it starts with a Krampus origin story. Mm. So maybe we'll have a... I'm conscious of how much I'm saying maybe because you 
picked up on that last week. But perhaps <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> as long as you don't cross this over with the Truman Show. There's no Truman Show this week. There's no reality show element this week. Okay, good. Next week, however. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so perhaps the, <laughs> we start with like a journey through history of like Krampus through the ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, terrorising children in like the Middle Ages and, you know, the Victorian era, the 20s, the 60s, yeah, mm-hmm. leading us to present day. So the conceit of this is somebody has to be like the Tim Allen who's going to be, he's going to be an ordinary guy and he's going to become the Krampus, basically. Mm-hmm. In the Santa Claus, it's because he kills Santa. Mm. That's how he gets that yeah. mission, I guess. So part of me thought you could just have Adam Scott. I mean, he doesn't technically kill the Krampus, though. He gets killed. Yeah, nobody kills Krampus. Nobody kills Krampus. But the fact, I think someone has to defeat the Krampus for this story to make sense. Mm-hmm. So it could be Adam Scott repeating his role. I think he'd be good for what I'm wanting him to be because he's kind of an everyman. Okay, so it couldn't be Winona Ryder. It would be funny if it was a woman. It would be that would add another level to it, I think. Because yeah. I, I didn't think Winona Ryder. I thought maybe Kristen Bell could do it. Well, I was just thinking, like, could you be a sequel to mine? Oh, it could be, yeah. Maybe. Okay, that could work too. I've, I've kind of written it as if this was die, man. Krampus has stayed behind. Was going to be Tony Collette. Was going to go and kill Krampus the next year. Yeah, maybe that could be it. It could be Tony Collette. Yeah, I've written it as if it's a guy, but it could be. There's not thing specific that says it couldn't be a woman, I guess. So for Adam Scott for the continuity, mm-hmm. or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Christoph Waltz for the Austrianness. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's inherently funny if you make him do anything that involves yeah. acting. And Christoph Waltz is Austrian and can act well, so different strokes, but could work. Mm-hmm. And then my other idea was Matt Damon. Because he's the everyman, and I, I do like it when Matt Damon plays a villain. Mm-hmm. I've said this many times. Yeah. Okay. So, what's next? Okay, so yeah, I've spent a lot of time on that. Uh, so, <laughs> let, let's say it's either Matt Damon or Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. I think it works better if it's an everyman than if it's um, mm. Schwarzenegger, etc. So, he defeats the Krampus in either the prologue or in the previous film, whatever. And then I think he starts having nightmares about murderous gingerbread men who are kind of telling him that the Krampus is part of the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. The, the, there are more kind of talkative in my sequel. So the, the Krampus is part of the, the great balance of life, you know, between, you know, good and evil, naughty sure, and nice. Yeah, yeah. There has to be a Krampus, otherwise Christmas is doomed. Mm-hmm. And because you killed Krampus, you now must be the new Krampus kind mm-hmm. of thing. And again, like much like the Santa Claus, he's got 11 months to kind of say his goodbyes to the world and make pieces of it. And then he's got to go and be the Krampus. Mm-hmm. And obviously he just, he thinks he's crazy. He, he tries to ignore it, etc. And he's just going about his everyday life. And I think he's a teacher. I think he's probably like a high school teacher. It, it didn't say what Adam Scott's job was, did it? No, it didn't. So I'd imagine he's a te- he's some kind yeah, of like teacher work, like a high school teacher. Well, for this, teacher works perfectly because basically he's working as a school teacher and maybe teaches like something really boring like maths or IT or something. Mm-hmm. And the kids are all totally obnoxious and hateful. Because that's something, as I was saying before, I want to kind of course correct from the first one where it made the kids a little bit too soft and likable and human, mm-hmm. where it works better if the kids are just... You want to see them die. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching these awful, awful kids. They're making his whole life a misery. And there's one kid who's just the worst. He's like, he's a bully. He's stupid. He listens to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's just the worst. And he's pushing our hero to the limit all the time. He's like mm-hmm. the, the the nightmare kid. Did you just pick the Red Hot Chili Peppers as like the band that bullies listen to or the rebels listen to? I feel like they're the band that basic people listen to. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I love the trippies. <laughs> saying nothing <laughs> so anyway so this one kid is just pushing our heroes to the limit and one day he's in detention this kid's just giving him all kinds of shits and at one point he just loses it and he eats him and i really want to like get into this mm-hmm. so i want it to like smash cut to him like you know 
chewing the meat off the bone, like licking his lips, swallowing a foot, maybe. I want to be yeah. He's really enjoying himself. Okay. He takes great pleasure eating, devouring this. But it's a teenager. It's not going to be obsessing. It's going to be like a 15-year-old, obnoxious 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't want any babies in this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to be able to enjoy, you know... Cannibalism. The cannibalism and the, yeah, the child murder, basically. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm making it comfortable for me. So that happens. And obviously, initially, he's, he's horrified and he's wracked with guilt. Mm-hmm. But also, the kid tasted pretty good. Like... <laughs> And it's like Pringles, you can't have just one. You know? <laughs> Once you pop, you don't stop. Exactly, yeah. So then he kind of, the phone follows him as he kind of tries to cover up the murder, basically. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that somehow he gets away with it. Like, let's say this kid is, nobody really misses him. Let's say his parents are just complete deadbeats. Mm-hmm. And obviously, because he was a horrible bully and a terrible kid, like, the school doesn't miss him at yeah. all. Particularly nobody misses him. And there's no evidence because he ate him. He ate the evidence. Like, mm-hmm. There's nothing left, like, you know. So that happens. And then he's continuing his teaching and stuff, but he finds himself kind of transforming. And similar to the Santa Claus kind of transformation where he gets this big belly and his beard and he's he's becoming Santa Claus. This character is, he's sprouting hair everywhere, like all over his body. His tongue keeps getting longer and longer and longer. He's developing cloven hoofs. (laughs) Okay. Hard to walk in. Mm -hmm. And most disturbingly of all, he's developing an insatiable appetite for children. Okay. So, you know, all the kids are looking pretty tasty to him. So he kind of rationalises it and he decides that he's only going to eat really bad children. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, just just, just the, the, the ones who misbehave. Like, so the bullies, the mean girls, the snobs, the vandals, like, mm-hmm. you know, all the kids who just aren't contributing anything good. Which is the whole point of Krampus. He's like, naughty, it's the naughty kids he targets. Mm-hmm. So then I think the main bulk of the movie is just going to be him, like, continuing to eat more and more of these misbehaving children. Mm-hmm. And it just, I think that that could be pretty funny. I mean... Could really find out at any point? Well, that's it. I think there needs to be... Somebody who suspects whether it's another teacher. I can't decide. Is it another teacher? Is it a pupil? Is it his wife? If it's going to be the same Adam Scott, is it Tony Collette? Maybe she's suspicious of why her husband is so fat. Well, yeah, we were just yeah, he's fattening up on all the children. Yeah, he's like, so fat, so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did think it would be funny if he was still married though, because maybe yeah, she's a bit suspicious that you know he's behaving strangely and his body's changing in some quite unusual ways. But also maybe the sex is now great. <laughs> it's like he's, a, yeah. he's an animal like mm-hmm. he's, she's actually really into this like mm-hmm. i think that'd be pretty funny but yeah i kind of feel like someone has to be suspecting him and maybe like as more and more children start disappearing the the net kind of closes in a little bit on him yeah oh i think it'd be funny too if he's married and he's got his kids if the gingerbread men have moved into his house <laughs> so they're just causing complete havoc and he's trying to keep them under wraps also nobody else knows that they're nobody knows, yeah, nobody knows it's just him. him yeah i think that's inherently pretty funny like, yeah that, that, that'd be pretty good and all the other toys as well so like the bird with the terrifying claws and the beak and the evil teddy bear and the jack in the box they're all still in the house and he's trying to keep them secret and hide them because he's now their master yeah so they'll do his bidding but he can't like keep a lid on them so yeah that happens but the net keeps closing in and closing in and closing in and eventually he's exposed Some someone finds out maybe we're doing a rider uh, maybe yeah, maybe we continue the Strange Things crossover and it isn't happening at the same time and maybe Winona Ryder is like the suspicious mother mm. maybe she's the mother of one of the kids who gets eaten okay and she's like she's one of the few parents who actually gives a shit and she's like my kid wasn't that bad yeah and maybe she like won't let it go and she eventually tracks him down and figures it out and you know stalks him around mm-hmm. and exposes him as the Krampus or as the child eating demon that he's increasingly turning into. Yeah. Also, I think it'd be really funny to watch Adam Scott trying to hide the physical transformation. So he maybe puts like a really bad toupee on to kind of try and hide the horns. Like he's going for like a dreadlock kind of thing or something. And he's like, what, what are you doing? And, just, and they all think it's a midlife crisis, but actually he's just trying to hide the fact that... Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll only have sex with the lights off because otherwise just, he's got hoofs, you know? Like, <laughs> just, I, think there's, I think there's loads of physical comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Whenever he talks, his tongue falls out. Yes. So he, 
he always talks like with his his hand in front of his mouth like <laughs> yeah it, there's so much you could do with this yeah. but eventually yeah eventually he's, he's exposed Winona Ryder summons like a angry mob with pitchforks and flaming torches <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so he has to kind of say a tearful goodbye to his family and then he just escapes to hell the, well, if, the if, San, if Santa's in the North Pole is he in the South Pole or it didn't seem <laughs> like he was it didn't seem like he was in a winter wonderland no no yeah, let's, let's go with hell. Let's go, yeah. So he escapes into the hell dimension, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we just finish with a montage of him, maybe with a nice classic Christmas song, like Santa Claus is Coming to Town, or mm-hmm. It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. A, a fully... Santa Claus Come to, come to That's Town. That's a good makes, one, yeah. Makes yeah. more sense. Definitely, yeah. Maybe he's got some hellish reindeer. or what, what, What's the hellish version of a reindeer? Um, wolves. Wolves, maybe, yeah. Dire wolves. Mm-hmm. Big wolves. Red eyes, glowing eyes. Or oh, just evil, evil reindeer could work. Yeah. One of them with glowing eyes. Yeah, or a glowing nose. Like. Well, I think glowing eyes looks more scary. True, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to make a, a, a glowing nose scary. Yeah. But yeah, a, a nice montage of him travelling around the world on Christmas Eve, just devouring naughty children. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's the end of the Krampus 2 Satan Claws. So, Satan Claws? Yeah. Mm. The Satan Claws. I like it. Mm-hmm. Good work. Thank you. Yeah. Listener submissions? Oh, yes, we do. So, yeah, we had a few this week. So, our friends at Blokebusters have done a bit of a 360 this week because normally they. I want, no, they've done a bit of a 180 even. A 360 just means not doing anything. Mm. Um, normally they don't do a title. Normally, from Blokebusters, we all get an idea but no title. This week, they've given us a title but no idea. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I don't think they've actually seen the film. So, fair enough. Okay. So, uh, their idea is Krampus 2, Cramp in Your Style. So, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But, yeah, I like it. On title alone, I can see the poster. Mm-hmm, Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. What if it was your idea, but also Adam Scott is like hanging about with the uncle who's trying to be cool around his friends, but his gun friends all drive Hummers, and Adam Scott's turning up, just sort of turning into this hideous monster and trying to act normal. That could be good. That could be a good subplot, actually, because my idea was a bit thin this week. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's a whole subplot of him hanging out, trying to like connect with his brother-in-law. Mm. And maybe the fact that he's turning into this, like, you know, monster is making him a little bit more butch and a little bit more kind of like you know manly yeah. man and they're actually they're appreciating him more and it's like it makes him more cool for a while yeah if only they knew he was also a cannibal but yeah okay like it good cool mm-hmm. maybe maybe it ends with like a uh, break dancing thing because he's cramping his style maybe, maybe. Uh, right, okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, maybe Krampus is a really good street dancers yeah. adam scott break dancing see you'd pay to watch that i'd, yeah. pay, I'd, pay, I'd pay nine quid to see that movie yeah, yeah there we go great okay Jason Evans has got the idea of a Christmas-loving sheltered child grows up, heads off to higher education, where he quickly dives into hedonism. He decides to ditch going home for his family Christmas in order to attend a big kegger party, an American, you know, an American mm-hmm. sorority kegger party. Mm-hmm. Krampus on campus. <laughs> it writes itself. So. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. So that's like, a, I guess it's like a Porky's kind of idea. Yeah, that'd be really good. I'd watch that. Mm-hmm. Krista Pace Martin. Her idea was, it's Christmas time at the mall. Krampus shows up to do Krampusy things. Mm-hmm. Eat children. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. So our hero is a simple mall cop mm-hmm. working in this mall where Krampus is invaded. He shows up on his magic Segway. And this Christmas, don't miss Paul Blart 3, Krampus 2. <laughs> Have you seen the Paul Blart mall cop? Uh, yeah. So you know what they're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, Paul Blart 3, Krampus 2. I can see that. I yeah. don't know if I want to, but I can see it. <laughs> Isa Ahmad, her idea is the Krampus is played by Paul Rudd. Oh yeah. Good choice, yeah. Uh, who's a little confused by all the recent attention he's gotten after wallowing in relative obscurity for centuries. He's trying to take it in his stride, but he's navigating this newfound fame 
which is leading to a lot of embarrassment, mm-hmm. particularly because his brusque personality and penchant for abducting children rubs people up the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Luckily, his best friend, played by Jason Siegel, everyone's best movie friend. You're making such a face. Do you not like Jason Siegel? No, he's just boring. I liked him in the Muppet movie. Oh. Fuck the Muppets. <gasps> this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> you take that back right now. Oh. Take it back. I'm not taking it back. Take it back. No. I'm not continuing this podcast until you apologise for what you just said about the Muppets. I continued this podcast for new microwaved cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I never spoke ill of the Muppets. <laughs> There's lines here, Harry. Yeah, exactly. My, my letters to Santa's going to be for a new podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> sure, fine. I don't mind. Listeners, apply. <laughs> Beyondtheboxer at gmail.com. Send your applications. CV and cover letter, please. I could never replace you. Uh, <laughs> luckily, his best friend, played by Jason Siegel, is there to help him through and maybe convince the world that he's not such a bad guy after all. So coming this Christmas season, I love you, man, too. I love you, cram. <laughs> that was a real long walk to a very good point. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> thank you for that. Kate Dunsmore's idea is A Krampus for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a Hallmark movie. Remember when you did a Hallmark movie of a Gone Girl? That was fun. Or a Lifetime movie. It's the same thing. Uh, It's the same thing. A Hallmark movie rated PG-13 for suggestive themes. Uh One woman is resigned to spend her Christmas alone when an unexpected stranger arrives on her doorstep on Christmas Eve. It's Krampus. (laughs) And he's going to teach us a love again. (laughs) Love it. And finally, I think my favourite this week, Heavy Metal Horrorcast. And theirs is called Krampus, question mark, Campaz, exclamation mark. <laughs> and it's a pantomime reselling of Krampus. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. Starring Christopher Biggins as the Krampus. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. So thanks for those guys. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed them all. So, yeah, if you have any ideas for sequels to Krampus that you'd like to see, let us know. Or if you have any ideas for sequels to films we've done in the past or films you'd like to see us do in the future, especially Christmas films, as tis our Christmas season, let us know. We are beyond the box set. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Tumblr. Did I say Twitter? All the social media channels. Just search beyond the box set. I don't think anybody's on Google+, Plus who isn't on Twitter. True. I don't think anyone's on Google+, Plus for stop. But <laughs> it's good for SEO, I'm told, so far. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that's a lie told by Google. Probably is, yeah, but whatever. So find us on social media, get in touch by all means, and let us know any films you'd like to see us do. We'd love to hear your suggestions and or any sequel ideas you have, and we'll give you a shout out. Also, if you do enjoy the show, please hit subscribe to get a new episode every Friday morning. If you really like us, please leave a review. It really helps us out to find new listeners. You can hear us on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Podbean, Pocket FM, Google Play, all good podcasting platforms. And yeah, enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. And we will be back next week with Harry's Christmas choice. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about this. Oh, Have you actually chosen a film? Yeah, oh God, I've been waiting for this one for months. I'm excited. What have you chosen? Pretty much since we started this show, I've been wanting to, but it's such a Christmas film that I thought I've got to wait till Christmas to do it. But I also think that I'm going to... I'm going to regret choosing it. and Am I going to ruin it for you? Yeah, you're going to ruin it for me. And <laughs> I, I've heard so many bad things said about this film. I mean, I, I know it well. Oh, God. It's not an Adam Sandler Christmas film. No, but in hindsight, it's really not the best towards women. Can you guess it yet? So it's a Christmas film with no sequels that you enjoyed as a child that treats women poorly. I don't know. It's not Elf, is it? No. Give me some clues. Emma Thompson. Oh, Love Actually. Oh, oh, I was trying to go with the person who would be least 
attached to that film. She's the one person I think of who I enjoyed. No, but if I said Rowan Atkinson, true, yeah, Colin no. Firth, Hugh Grant, Alan Rickman, true, maybe not. Yeah, true. Oh, that's good. I fucking hate that film. It's a love, actually. I'm excited. Next week, no. let's bring it. I can't believe you're making me watch that film again. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely despise this film, so I'm looking forward to ripping it in your tricks. Great. Cool. Great. Great. So join us next week for Love Actually. Yeah. All right. See you on next hey week ho. for uh, episode three of our Christmas. <laughs> That's a Whatever. strong finisher there, Harry. Strong finisher. Yeah.